Welcome to the Kingsway Christian Fellowship Sermon Podcast. We are streaming live from Karam Downs in Melbourne, Australia. Kingsway Christian Fellowship is a non-denominational, Bible-believing, and preaching church. We believe the Bible is the inherent Word of God and preach it verse by verse. You can follow us at www.kingswaycf.com and follow our video sermons. Now, join us as we listen to the latest sermon preached by Pastor John Shipman. And give to you the word of the Lord this morning. Yes. Amen. I want to talk to you today about the hand of the Lord was with them. The hand of the Lord was with them. This is part as we continue in the book of Acts. And now we see that the word, the gospel of God is reaching the Gentiles. It is reaching people like me and I thank the Lord for the book of Acts. And I thank the Lord for the spirit of God which moves which moved through not only Judea, Samaria, but to the ends of the world. And here we sit in Curran Downs, Melbourne, Australia. I tried to say it like an Aussie, but it is in Australia that we're sitting here. And that gospel reached Africa, it reached Asia, it reached New Zealand, Australia, the Philippines, Hawaii. Wherever you go and there's an island, the gospel of God has gone there. And this is how the gospel, the word of God, got there. We are busy with that. Now, before I continue on, I don't want to confuse you here. It's the hand of the Lord was with them. And here on my image, we've got a hand from the sky reaching out to a man standing there. Do not be deceived that God doesn't look like you. God does not look like you. We try to think if we say the hand of God, the first image that comes into your and my mind is our hands. Isn't that right? And we hear about the ear of God. We're going to hear about that today. And we hear about the eyes of God. But let man never pull God down to man's image. Because we were made in the image of God. We were made in the image and the likeness of God in Genesis. So when you see this and when you hear this, this is for us to understand. Because if I say I'm going to give you a hand on Saturday to do something, what does it mean? I'm going to help you. Is that right? I find that Jesus walks through Samaria and he comes to this lady of the well at the well. And what does he say to her in John chapter 4, 24? He says, God is spirit. God is spirit and we should worship him in spirit and in truth. We should worship him. Are you worshiping God in spirit and truth? Do you even know what it means to worship God in spirit and in truth? God is spirit. How can God be omnipresent if he's not a spirit? How can God be omnipresent if he's like us? You can't be in in all places at once. You are here now. And I believe and I trust and I ask God that you are here in the moment. What do I mean by that? You can be here but also not be here. You can be sitting here and smiling to me and saying, Look, I'm, I'm listening to what you're saying but your mind is already somewhere else. That means you are here physically but you are not here they're all there but not there and here it is brothers and sisters let not think that god is like us when we talk about the hand of the lord was with them it means that he was helping them it means that he is with them helping them in their every situation 
If there's one thing that the Lord is laying and, and working in my heart, and that is to be in the moment every single day. This speaks to fathers, it speaks to mothers, it speaks to bosses, it speaks to everybody, is to be in the moment in the conversation you have. So many times you can talk to somebody, but you can see when you talk to them, they don't listen to what you say. Am I right? I know I'm right. They don't, they're not there. They shake their head and they do everything, but their mind is a million miles ahead. No, no, God is never like that. You see, God is every single time in the moment. Because God can be in the moment. He can be in the moment with you. He can be in the moment with me. He can be in the moment with your brother, your sister. He can be in the moment with every single person upon the face of the earth. That is how good God is. That is how great God is. And you should shout hallelujah. Come on, praise the Lord. Let's give the Lord a hand in this morning. Amen. He's not like man. He's not like man. No, no. This is why we praise God. God is not like us. But we were made in the likeness, in the image and the likeness of God. What does it mean, preacher? It means that we are not animals. We didn't evolve. It would have been really strange if I was an animal, a sheep, which the Bible compares us to, and I need to come in here and mad the whole time to you. It would be chaos. No, no, we, we are in the image and the likeness of God. So I just wanted to lay that down that when you see these images coming out, God doesn't have a hand like that. Now this is the wonderful thing about God, that He sent His Son in the likeness of man. He took on the, the form of a bond servant. Philippians chapter 2. He, he came from glory. Jesus Christ came from glory. He didn't have to come. God could have used any. He is God. He could have get rid of sin in any which, he could have used a, a, a dove, he could have used an, an eagle to come down and get rid of sin. Do you know that? Do you believe that? God is so mighty that you can't even comprehend it with your and my small brains. God is mighty. But he sent his son to come in the image of man. Take on, not even the king. He didn't come as the king, although he is the king. They didn't accept him as the king. The Bible says he came in the form of a what? A bond servant. What is a bond servant? He's somebody who comes and freely gives and we're not forced to do it. You know what forced Jesus, what was driving Jesus? Love. Agape love. And that is shown on the cross of Christ. Amen. That is a sermon in itself, isn't it, Lincoln? Just that, to think about God, to think about how wonderful He is. There is nobody on God's plane, nobody. You know, I, I look at myself, I weigh over 100 kilograms, I thought I was strong, I'm getting older and I'm feeling I'm getting weaker. But there was a time in my life when I looked at other guys my size and I said, I can take your man, I'm strong. But there's always somebody stronger than me and faster than me and more cleverer than me. But if you look at God on His level, there ain't no other gods. It's God and God alone. You know, when He looked around on His plane, there ain't nobody there. Everyone who's there were created by Him. Amen. And listen, listen, I don't think you understand. Every single one, the angels, every single one were created by God. Does that excite you? Yes. It, it 
Amen. He's here today, brother. He's here today. Praise the Lord. And He lives in you. We're going to see that today. So I want to talk to you about this when He says the hand of the Lord was with them in Acts chapter 11. We follow now where it continues on. And we read in verse 19, Now those who were scattered after the persecution that arose over Stephen, you remember Stephen was stoned, traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch. You see Antioch there? Preaching the word to no one but the Jews only. They were preaching to the Jews only. They started with the Jews first. Now Antioch was a very important city in the day. It was the third largest Roman city of its day, Antioch. It was a very important city for trade. It was a very important city for commerce and everything that went on around it. But it was also a very immoral city, Antioch. It was set in Roman myth, uh, mythicism and myth that uh, Apollo, the god Apollo, you and I know he's not a god, okay? But just go with me here. That god Apollo, he fell in love with a, with a girl called Daphne. He fell in love with her and when she resisted him and said, no, no, I'm not interested in you, Apollo, he wanted to rape her. This is what they say in Roman mysticism. He wanted to rape her and, and he was chasing her and the way that she could get away from him was to turn into a laurel tree. And then into a laurel tree. And because he turned into a tree, this is all rubbish by the way, but bear with me, this is what they believed in their day. That she turned into a tree. Okay, and this tree now, this God couldn't rape a tree, and now there was a grove of these trees. Somebody must have planted them, but these people were into it, okay? But they planted this grove of trees, and, and because he turned according to them into a tree, they built a temple there to the goddess Daphne. And what comes with the temple? Prostitution. Prostitution was right in the day, and gambling. And a lot of people, it, it was said of Antioch, it was a very immoral place. I mean, you can, you can compare it to Corinthians. Corinthians was as bad. You, you say, you come via this way, why do you explain to us about this place? It was a really bad place. I mean, if you go there at night, you can find any kind of thing that you want to find if you want to live a loose life. This is in this place, Antioch, where they were going. So, in this particular place, the gospel of God was preached and it was strong. This was the place that will become the centerpiece that pushes the gospel into all of Asia, into Europe, into all of places. From this place here, you say, how do you come to this? Well, we are living in a city like that, don't we? Don't we? We're living in a small little Antioch right here in Melbourne. Because all of this stuff is happening right here in Melbourne. Prostitution, lavishness, you know, people who just do not follow morality anymore, loose living, loose everything that was wrong is now right and everything that was right is now wrong. And, and you know, we look at it as Christians and it breaks your hearts and it saddens us. And I hear so many Christians cursing that. You know, in a nice way, I'm not saying cursing, cursing words, but they say, we don't like that, and Lord, change that, and Lord, bring us out of this. But you need to understand that God uses these places where the gospel is going to shine the brightest. The brightest. 
If you go and look into a pit, a dark clay pit, and, you, and a, a beautiful flower grows out of that dark pit, you will notice the flower, wouldn't you? You will, you will behold the beauty of the flower. You don't look around all of the, the junk and gunk and everything around. You look at the beautiful flower and you look at the color of the flower. Isn't that what you do? So let it be known, brothers and sisters, although we may live in Melbourne in a place which is immoral, because I tell you, this city is immoral. Just go out last night, certain places. There's immorality, it's right. And, and let it also be known, it will become worse. It is going to become worse. The Bible says it's going to become even worse. But let it be known, I praise the Lord for that. Because when the rose of Sharon, who knows who's that? Who knows who's that? The rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley, the Bible says it's him. When Jesus Christ comes, he comes to places like that. He comes to places like that. And there, when he starts to shine, the most beautiful, beautiful flower, I'm just comparing it to a flower, comes out. And now when you walk past that, you will see the beauty of the flower. Let it, let it be your heart this morning to proclaim the gospel of Christ in Melbourne. Forget about what's going on. You're not going to change it. No, no official government's going to change what's going on. But there's only one who will change it, and that's Jesus Christ and preaching the gospel. Amen? amen. I shouldn't ask for an amen. It should be spontaneous because that's the truth. Amen. amen. There you go. <laughs> so it's here that they preach. Look at this now. And the hand of the Lord was uh, a bigger part of it. And those who were scattered after the persecution arose there and they came to Antioch and preaching the word to no one but the Jews. But some, in verse 20, and I love these but some people. You see, the first group just preached to the Jews and we know that the gospel came to them first and then to the Gentiles. You follow that pattern, by the way, right through the Bible. And here he comes, he says, but some. Everybody say, but some. But some. I love the but some people. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a but some person? Yes. I want to be a but some person. When those people concentrated on the Jews, but some. See what the but some people did. But some of them were men from Cyprus and Cyrene, who when they had come to Antioch, there's our place again. You know, that filthy place. When they came to that place, spoke to the Hellenists. Who were the Hellenists? You must Greeks, remember this Greeks, by now. Greeks. Those were the Greeks who were intermingled. Here we go. Thank you, Christos. They were intermingled with the Jews. And, and by the way, we know that they were the troublemakers. Not you, Christos, but they were. <laughs> the Hellenists were the troublemakers. And why? Because they had a little bit of a flavor of the Greek, the Greek gods, the Greek culture they had a little of that flavor coming in and it was mixed with the Jews and now the Jews the pure Jews they didn't like them they said no no you're a half breed that's what happened that's why they disliked him but it's not so in the cross of Christ working your heart doesn't matter where you come from is that right doesn't matter where you come from and who you are and what your background is because the cross of Christ cuts through all of that but here it's then they spoke to them, preaching what? The Lord Jesus Christ. And here is our passage, here is our words. And the hand of the Lord was with them. And a great number believed and turned to the Lord. I love this verse. 
This theme this morning is, and the hand of the Lord was with them. May I ask you this morning if the hand of the Lord is with you? Is the hand of the Lord with you? Yes. Are you sometimes coming and you say, I don't know, preacher? You know, I'm struggling so much. I'm right there in the middle of this battle going on. And you're talking about present man, I can't escape it. I'm right there. And it doesn't feel as if the hand of the Lord is with me. I've got good news for you this morning. I've got a message of encouragement for you this morning. But I first need to ask you, is the hand of the Lord with you? The thing is, you can know this morning. You can say this morning, yes or no. It is so clear. And I'm not looking at your circumstances, because if you look at your circumstances, you will at any stage in this next week and a week past say to me, no, the hand of the Lord is not with me because see what's happening with me. But you just don't understand, you see. That's all. The hand of the Lord is with you or it's not with you. And we're going to see that this morning. I love the next verse here. I love it in 1 John chapter 4 verse 4. That when John writes down, you see, he says, You are God. The little children have overcome them. Uh, you are of God. You are not God. Ooh, that is a dangerous thing to say. See, I've missed that word there. You are of God. He's talking to us. Little children. And have overcome them. Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Do you agree with that? Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. He says you are of God. Remember what I said. You either know it or you don't. Here John comes and he says you can know whether the hand of God is with you. He says, you are of God, little children, and he who is in you. Everybody say, in you. In you. That's a location. Have you noticed? That's a location. He's in you. He's greater than he who is in the world. Now, let me ask this question. You should know the answer by now. Who is the he who is in you? Jesus. Jesus Christ. He's in you. Yes? And he who, is, who is he who is in the world? Satan. Satan. Now, which one is greater? Jesus. The world says it. I didn't have to say it. You can read it right there. He says, he says, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So listen to me this morning. Although, you know, the whole world and there is a lot of dark forces coming towards and it's going to cramp down in Christianity and persecution is coming to your home address. Believe you me. Although all of these things is coming upon you. This is one verse that you should know of by heart. You should know it like that. You shouldn't say, wait a minute, there's a verse, there's, there's, there's a verse, just wait a minute, there's a verse, where's that, where's that verse? No, no, you shouldn't be like that. You should know this verse and when adversity comes, you should say these words. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You see, again I come back and the hand of the Lord was with them. Brothers and sisters, let it be known, if He lives inside of you, His hand will be with you. Amen. Whether you're in the darkest pit of despair and you say, I can't see the light. If He is in you, the hand of the Lord will be with you. Isn't that encouraging? Yes. Isn't that so wonderful to hear? 
So, I love this verse, but then again it continues on. In 1 John chapter 2, 3 verse 24, he says, Now he who keeps his commandments abides in him. And he in him, there's a lot of in him's here, isn't it? Look at this. Now he who keeps his commandments, what is the commandments? It's the word of God. It's not only the Ten Commandments. He who keeps them. But listen, this is not a legalistic sermon. It's not legalistic. It's not like sitting there with a pen and tick all the tick marks. We're not the Pharisees. We keep the commandments in Christ. But we study them. And we learn them. And we put them in your heart. He who keeps his commandments abides in him. And he in him. Okay, who abides in him? Us. Who's the He? Jesus abides in Him. And by this we know that He abides in us. How? By the Spirit whom He has given us. How do you know? How do you know this morning? You know, somebody comes to you and say, Honestly, I'm looking you in the eyes. How do you know that you are saved? How do you know that He is in you? What is your answer? Um... I don't know, you know, when they prayed over me, I had this warm feeling and fuzzy feeling coming over me. God is not into feelings, brothers and sisters. He's not into... Listen, let it be known. If it was all about feelings, Jesus would never have gone to the cross. Never. Go to Gethsemane. Go test me in Gethsemane. I don't want to go to the cross. It's my feelings. No, wait a minute, it's not about your feelings here this morning. I, I get so many people sometimes when I preach, they get upset and they leave and I get, God bless their hearts because they need to come to the point and put feelings aside and look at the truth. Jesus is the truth. The Holy Spirit is the truth. And, if, and listen to me, if the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart this morning, don't be mad at me. Don't shake your head at me. Talk to Him. Because it is not John Shipman in you, it is him. It is Jesus Christ. He is in him and by this we know that he abides in us. You see that word abides? Man, I can preach to you about that word. I forgot to check up the word, the Greek word. But I pretty much reckon it's going to mean he makes habitation within you. I'll go and check it out. But I pretty much think that's what it's going to mean. It's not just like a team that you pitch. He abides. It means He's settled. He's settled right there. And I love these words. So you see, and the hand of the Lord was with them. So these men could operate in these scriptures that I'm giving you. May I remind you of John 14 verse 15? May I just remind you this morning. I just want to give you scripture. Yes? yes. Let the word speak. Look at this. John 14 verse 15. Jesus says to them, if you love me, who loves the Lord? Put up your hands, anybody? He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. There you go, it comes back to you again, isn't it? And I will pray the Father, and He will give you another helper. Helper. That He may be abide with you. Now, if the scripture verse stopped there, and it didn't write anything further, we would have said, that's cool, He stays with us. I'll make him a small little house in six commonwealth terraces. I'll make him a little room there and I will put a, 
and I'll put the shrine up there in that little room. I put a little statue in that little room. I put some candles in there, and sometimes I burn some incense in there, and I'll put some food down there. That is if he's with you. Yes? That's what you can do. Go do it. But I don't have to do it. You come into my house this afternoon and go look through all the rooms. There's no such room there. There is no such room there. Praise the Lord. Why? Because I'm free. Free through the Spirit. And look at this now. He says, And He will be with you forever. Everybody say that. Forever. What does forever mean? Forever. What it means forever. Okay. He says forever. The Spirit of truth. That's what I told you. Whom the world cannot receive. You see that? You see that? The world cannot receive it. I said to you this morning, don't worry about the world. Come to the Lord with your soul. And when the Lord has saved your soul, go to your loved one next to you, your husband or your wife, bring their soul to the Lord. And if the Lord saved them, go to your children if you have children. And their souls to the Lord. And if you see what I'm going, he continues on. He says, the world cannot receive because they neither seize him, nor do they know him. But you, I love the you people. Don't you love the you people? But you, he says, you know him, for he dwells with you. And, here is the, here is the, here is the one, and he will be in you. Hallelujah. I don't have to build that little room in my house and put down those shrines and every day take some incense. Yes? I don't have to do that. Why? He has got a room in my heart. Hallelujah. How wonderful is that? You see, this is why I say the hand of the Lord was with them. And you will know this morning if the hand of the Lord is with you. Now the question is, when and how does He come into us? You know this. I'm coming over some ground here which you know already. You know, and again, I'm not going to give you my ideas or my opinions about this. I go to the Word. We find it here in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. Clear as daylight. Clear as daylight. In fact, I just read you the scripture. In Him. Everybody say in Him. Amen. So if we dwell in Him, He dwell in Come on, let's do it again. If we go in Him, He dwells in us. Amen. Now it goes again. It says, in Him, you also trusted. That talks about your faith. We you put your faith in Him. After you heard the word of truth. After you heard the word of truth. And then He qualifies that word of truth for us. The gospel of your salvation. The gospel of your salvation. How do we get the hand of God in our lives? We come to the cross. Amen. And you can know whether you've come to the cross. You come to the cross. He says it there. He says, And the gospel of Salah, whom you also having believed, were sealed. Everybody say sealed. Sealed. With the Holy Spirit of promise. When do you get the Holy Spirit? When you come and you fall on your knees by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit who pulled you to the cross. You go on your knees and you say, Lord, I am a sinner. There's nothing good in me. I am a rotten sinner. 
So many people are sitting in churches even to this day who haven't done that. Because they still, they, they still think they are good because they're attending church. They're on this committee. They're on that committee. They're so busy bees. But when you put them down and take all the busyness away from them. And you look them in the eyes and you say, how and what will you say to God when you get to heaven? Why must you go in? Oh, I'm a very good churchgoer. No, no, there's only one answer. Through the blood of Jesus Christ. Through the blood. He says it there. We were sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession which is the price. That word guarantee there, by the way, means it's a down payment. <laughs> Hallelujah. I love the word of God. I need to keep myself to the word. I don't interrupt myself. But it is a, it is a down payment. A down payment of what? Look at that. It says it's a guarantee of our inheritance. Inheritance. Let me just ask a question and maybe I'll preach about it next time. As a child of God, the work that you do now on, the, on, on this earth, your life that you live, will that impact your inheritance in heaven? Think about it. Okay, let's continue. I'll leave you with that. Amen? <laughs> so, when do we get the Holy Spirit? When we come to the cross. He lives inside of us. And now when we operate, we operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. We operate in the power, not in our own power, not in our own. Oh, we try so many times as we do, but so many times the Holy Spirit reminds us who He is and He takes over. And we give Him that. And it says there in verse 21, And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. You see what is the result when the hand of the Lord is with you? What happens? A great number believed and turned to the Lord. That is the Lord. Let it be known this morning that ministry, you know, ministry and the hand of the, of the Lord is what operates to people to come to Christ. Not you. Not you. It's the hand of the Lord who pulls people to Him. We are just signposts. I'm just a signpost this morning. I'm a conductor. I say, come to Christ. Come to Him. Come to the cross. That's all we are. But the Spirit of God is with free. Let it be known. Let I tell you this morning, I don't want to have the hand of the Lord against me. I'd rather have His hand with me. With me. Look at this verse here. And I, this is a very strong verse. Isaiah chapter 59 verse 1. It says, Behold the Lord's hand. You see, there's that hand again. The Lord's hand is not shortened. He can reach anywhere. Nor is his ear that he cannot save, nor is his ear heavy. Now, why did I bring this verse out? I want you to see the connection with, with the previous verse. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and the great number believed and turned to the Lord. In other words, they were saved. The hand of the Lord helped that. And by the way, the hand of the Lord was also signs and miracles and everything that the Lord worked through that. And here he says, the hand of the Lord is not shortened that it cannot save. The hand of God saves. Nor is he a heavy that he cannot hear. It says God is willing. God is willing. But, what does that mean? <coughs> Sharp contrast. There's a problem here. He says, but your iniquities 
have separated you from God, and your sin hath hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. For your hands have defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies, your tongue has muttered perversity. No one calls for justice. It sounds like our world today, isn't it? Nor does any plead for the truth. It sounds like our world today. The trust in empty words and speak lies. Again, that's our world. They, can, they conceive evil and bring forth iniquity. That's our world, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> but he's not talking to the world in this passage. Who's he talking to? He's talking to the Jews, his people. His people. Translate to our day. Who's he talking to? Us. To us. But be careful now. Be careful now because we come to the cross and we gave him and he forgave us our sins. So if you are a child of God and you are conducting sin, he will break fellowship with you. He will break fellowship with you. But he won't kick you out as his child. You still stay in his child. You might find it harder because he will correct you. This is what the Bible says. He will correct you. He may punish you as we do our children. But it is here clear that his hand is there and it's not shortened. You know, uh, when Solomon writes it, he writes it in Psalm 127 verse 1. He says, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who's building it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. That is the scripture verse for ministry that the Lord, that I praise the Lord that he called me into. I said to him from day one, Lord, unless you build the house, the church. I'm not trying to build a church, by the way. But the fellowship that comes together, unless the Lord is with it. Are you warm here? Is, is those things, can you open up the doors for us? Is, is the air control? Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to get warm up here in front. <laughs> it says, unless you do this, then if the hand of the Lord was with them, because He was in them, and their ministry was blessed and multiplied, that's what happened here. And we thank the God and the Lord for that. So now that they see the hand of the Lord, they saw the hand of the Lord through what happened when they preached the gospel. Let's continue. Verse 22. Then the news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. When he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all that with the purpose of heart they should continue with the Lord. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and a great many people were added to the Lord. Just a few things here. First of all, Barnabas. What is the right person to say to these people? The son of encouragement. That's what the main name means. The son of encouragement. Remember Barnabas brought Paul, which is Saul, he brought Saul to the Jews. Barnabas is the one who sold his land and gave it all to the apostles. Or to, 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 to give out. Son of encouragement, they sent him to Antioch. And when he came there, he saw the grace of God. I find it fascinating. He saw the grace of God. It can be seen. My prayer when I came across this again during the week, is I, I said, God, I pray that at Kingsway Camp Downs, that people when they walk in there, 
don't see people or anything, music or whatever, they see the grace of God. They see the grace of God. Because brothers and sisters, let's be honest, if you came in here this morning and you were upset because now, and I, by the way, love the organ music, I love it personally, but if you're upset about the worship and everything, then you are not seeing the grace of God. The grace of God is in people. Is in people. And how they operate. And how they work. And that's my prayer for this church. I, I say, Lord, we don't want to be a church being seen by others. But when we come together, let us have the grace of God. And let it be seen. The grace of God. Yes? Amen. And here he continues on. He says, he was uh, glad and encouraged them. And then he encouraged them to do that. With the purpose of heart, they should continue. What does it mean? You see, there's some people who follow the Lord with their heads. With their minds. The purpose of heart goes to the heart. If you follow the Lord with purpose of heart, it will change your worship. It will change the way you worship God and praise Him and follow Him. But if you do it with your head, things will become difficult for you. You may give up. You may come to me and say, oh, it's so tough to, to be a child of God. It's so tough. Do you know how tough it is? Hello, I should know how tough it is. I'm also a child of God. I'm going through such difficult times. Hello, I've also been through difficult times. But I don't concentrate on difficult times. I'm in the moment with Christ. Him in me to the glory of God. I love it. And now Barnabas comes and he encourages them. And let's finish the chapter and then we'll pray. Then Barnabas departed for Tarsus to speak to Saul. You see, I love this. Because now you will see, remember I said that the book of Acts is a transitional book. It will go over from one and then it goes over. We saw Peter, we saw the apostles and now we need to see the Gentiles. But God didn't call Peter for the Gentiles. He didn't call anybody else for the Gentiles. He called Saul of Tarsus for the Gentiles. And now we see how God brings his plan all together through the encourager, which is Barnabas. And may I just ask this morning, won't you just stay on the name of Barnabas personally, will you? This church? Will you take on the name of Barnabas? Next time we're walking here, greet everybody. Hi Barnabas, hi Barnabas. Hi. <laughs> what do I mean? What do I mean when I say that? Be an encourager. Wouldn't you do that? Yes. It is so easy to break people down. Come on, let's face Come on. It's so easy to break you down. So easy. I walk in and I see you do something which is not nice and I tell it to everybody. That's breaking down. I know something about you and I start telling other people about it. That's breaking down. And by the way, the Bible called it gossip. And by the way, that is sin. Don't be mad at me. It's what the Bible says. But won't you just change your name to Barnabas, will you, in this church? Because let me tell you, if you change your name to Barnabas, what's going to happen? When people come here, they're going to see what? The grace of God. I'd much rather see the grace of God. I go to church and we visit so many. If you walk in, I want to see the grace. I don't want to hear how good the preacher is. I don't want to hear how good your worship is. I don't want to hear how good and what money you've got. I don't want to hear about your reach, outreaches into wherever it goes. I want to see the grace of God. Amen. Amen. And let it be known, if a seeker, if a sinner, that's a better word, isn't it? 
If a, if a sinner walks through these doors because they need to come, this is not a holy huddle, okay? The church is not a holy huddle. The church is for sick people. The church is for sinners to come through these doors. We will not chase them away. And when they come in, you know what they need to see? They need to see, I'll tell you a bit, the grace of God changes people. Not you, not the church, not the worship, because you will get sick and tired of... Listen, let, let me just show you. You say, wait a minute, Peter, you are fitting this stuff at one verse, okay, and then I'll get back to it. Let me show you, Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. I'm not even going to ask apology for what I'm doing, because I believe the Holy Spirit needs to make this church hear this. Listen to this now, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. He says, for by grace, everybody say grace. grace. For by grace you have been saved. For by what? Grace. For by what? Grace. So if sinners walk through that door, what do they need to see? Grace. The grace of God. They will hear the gospel preached from the pulpit. Don't you worry about that. But they need to see the grace of God in you. How can they? How can they walk in there and be preached the gospel and they can't see the grace of God in the church? How can they but believe them? You see, you play a big part. Every single person who sits there on that chair, you play a part. You play a part. Not only me. You do. You do. Everyone. Oh, but you don't understand. I'm just coming here and I go and sit on my chair and I wait. You play a part. Because people will come in and they will look at you to see if they can see the grace of God in you. And then you were thinking, I just come to church to be seen. No, no, look at this. He says, Ephesians, he says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. I'm going to have on my wife said, there's a baptism going on. <laughs> now it says in verse 25, he said, Then Barnabas departed and seek for Saul, and when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. And it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many of people. And the disciples were first called Christians there in Antioch. You see what I mean? In this dirty old place where there's so much corruption going on, immorality going on. This, this dark pit of, of dire clay. Oh, I praise the Lord that He brought me out of the mine of clay. But here we see that dark pit of Antioch. And now we see the Christians, for the first time they are called Christians there. And here comes that beautiful flower that comes out of that darkness. You see, God works in different ways than you and me. And now it comes out, Christians, before this they were called people of the way. Now they are called Christians. I'm a Christ follower. This is what they were called. Now we're going to finish this. In verse 27, and in these days prophets came from Jerusalem to Antioch. And one of them, by the name of Agabus, stood up and showed by the Spirit that there was going to be a great famine throughout all of the world, which also happened in the days of Tobias Caesar. Then the disciples, each one according to his ability, determined to send relief to the brethren dwelling in Judea. This they also did and sent to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. Two things I want to say about this. You say, why was this written then? It doesn't make sense somehow. Have you ever read the Bible like that? You go, we've heard now that here comes Barnabas, he gets Saul, they were first called Christian, boom, that's the end of our thought process. 
Then the Holy Spirit laid upon his heart and started writing about these prophets who came down and they said there's going to be a famine. Now a lot of people concentrate on the prophets. Oh, they were prophets. They can't. No, no, I don't concentrate on that. But there's something here if you didn't, if I'm not going to tell you you haven't seen this. It comes back to the grace of God was seen amongst them. Because when they all knew about this famine coming, what happened? The disciples, each according to his ability, determined to send relief to the brethren in Judea. Can you see it? Who were these disciples? They were Hellenists. Yeah, they were Hellenists. Yes, they were now Christians, but make up of Hellenists, of Gentiles. Did the Gentiles love the Jews? Did the Jews love the Gentiles? Did the Hellenists love the Gentiles? The Jews? Did they? No, no. If you look at them naturally, they were against each other. But now it is as if the coin is flipped. Now the Jewish brothers in Judea. This is this is critical. This is a location. Okay. The the Jewish brothers in Judea is going to struggle now. And here comes these, these other disciples, which is Gentiles, and they go, we better help them. And they give each one according to their ability. They just give. Go and help them. They don't see them as Jews anymore. They see them as brothers. That is the grace of God in action. See why every single word in the Bible is important and it's critical. And then finally, finally, you, you, you remember over the few weeks that I say a lot of churches built their doctrine on the first part of Acts. You know, this is their doctrine, this is how churches operate. There is not a doctrine which says now that, you know, nowadays that we need to send all of our, you know, if we bring up all the proceeds and we collected things to send, that we have to now bring it to the church and the church will distribute it. No, no, if the Lord places upon your heart to bless somebody, bless them. Bless them. If, if I pray, you come and you say, let us as a church support a missionary, that's a different story. Then we as a church come together and we say, there's a missionary here. This is what they do. And, and I'm praying for that. By the way, we, sh we need to be a missionary church as well. We need, to, we need to support mission. I'm all for that. And we, have, we don't do it currently, but I'm, and I want this church to pray for that. We need to support brothers and sisters in places which needs. We, we need to. That's different. We as a church then come together and the Lord will give us that vision. Not a vision on a wishy board, okay? The Lord gives us that vision and the Lord will bless His hand will be in that. But if you, if you see somebody struggling, you want to bless them, you don't need my approval to come and do that. Do it. That's the grace of God. Amen? Amen. Have we learned something today? Yes. It's quite warm in here. It feels as if I'm working today. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for your grace and for your mercy. And Father, we thank you for your word, which is always alive, Father. I love that. The Bible said it, Father, on Friday evening we read the word. It says your, the word of God is, is alive, it's living. And we thank you that it comes alive every day for us. Father, I pray and I bless over this word this morning. And as we continue now, Father, to, to go to the baptism, I pray, Lord, that you protect and, and, and uh, provide protection for us. Uh, Father, in all of that, I pray in Jesus' name. And everybody say, Amen. Amen. Amen.